The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Lauren, I'm so happy to have you here. We both are so happy to have you here. And I mean, I was thinking about it and reflecting back on on our relationship. And I feel like, I mean, of course, because of the pandemic, but because of our lives going in so many different directions in in the past, like we've never really gotten to sit down and like chat. dive deep and chat. And it's so weird because I feel like I truly know you guys, especially because right. Chris, my husband, always like has known you for much longer and has toured with you guys and has nothing but like truly the highest of praises. So I feel like I know y'all. And then like social media obviously adds a whole nother aspect into it. And I do know right. you, but like you're right. We've never really sat down and like, chatted like this so right like me too we text (laughs) each other and and motherhood has us so connected it's like this immediate bond it's so true you automatically have something so much in common with another mom like it really is so true I know and then of course touring so and and we have the same utmost respect and best things to say about Chris because we had the the best years touring with him he's so so fun and so I love getting to do this. And then I was thinking about, oh my gosh, when was the first time we actually met? I think it, were we on tour together? I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe at like, or maybe it was like a a random show way later. And I might have been very postpartum or I truly very pregnant. Yeah. Maybe you were pregnant because I feel like Chris and I started dating maybe like three, three and a half years ago. So oh, yeah, you had, okay. no, you had to have been. Yeah, I was probably live, right? postpartum. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, chances but, are she was postpartum or pregnant. <laughs> at some point in the time. Exactly. I know you. One of those things. Just been busy. <laughs> <laughs> just been <laughs> popping them out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then that got me thinking. I don't think I actually know the full story of how you and Chris met. Can you tell that, please? Yes. It's kind of a funny story. So I was just telling our friend Kaylee Dickerson, this story, because she was saying the same thing. She was like, how did y'all even meet? So I was on a TV show called The Bachelor a very long time ago. It was, gosh, probably seven years now. And we, you know, when you go on a show like that, all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. which I was not anticipating, but you come off the show and there's all these kind of wild experiences that you never in a million years would have thought you would have. And one of them right after the show was the gentleman that I ended up getting engaged to on The Bachelor, if you didn't know, him and Wait, I, I didn't know this. But didn't? I didn't know. No. This Wait, what? I, I feel like I know. I know like Lauren post Bachelor, but like I don't know any of Wait, that. Wait, okay. In a way, this makes me so happy because I'm kind of low key. I don't want to say like insecure about that chapter of my life because it led me to where I am, but. I think I've come around to just accepting that it's a chapter of my life, but to say that I was engaged to someone else is a little strange. And to say that it happened on television is even more strange. So yes, <laughs> I got engaged on national television to a guy named Ben. And again, this was probably, I think it was like seven years ago. I was 24 wow. when the show filmed and I'm wow. 32 now. 
we post Bachelor, they kind of take you on this like media tour thing where they, mm. you know, throw you into all these crazy experiences that you never in a million years would have thought you would be in. And one of them was we were at an iHeartRadio festival in Austin, Texas. And we were, I think we were like introduced, we, we were going on stage to introduce someone. In fact, I think it was Thomas Rhett we were introducing. Aww. So I'm there with Ben, like just a deer in headlights. Like what is life? Like I'm at the time and I still am, but I'm, I was very shy. So I, it, I was so out of my element. Like I was like, I just, this is crazy. I'm there with him and Tom Pullman, who works for iHeart and was a Bachelor fan, was with Chris. Chris was a very new artist at the time. In fact, I think he maybe had just put out his first single. And so he's like kind of just by himself. Maybe he too felt kind of out of his element because he's like a little bit right. newer to the industry. And But Chris was a big Bachelor fan, <laughs> which is really funny. I so Tom it. was like, oh, I want you to meet some people to Chris. And so he brings Chris over and ends up introducing us just, you know, in a nonchalant way. And we said hello. And obviously it was very, it wasn't like hard eyes that I was like trying to make a different relationship work. It was just a very casual <laughs> meeting. And we ended up actually taking a photo together, the four of us. And it's so funny because wow. this photo, there's so much foreshadowing in it. Somehow Chris weaseled his way in between Ben and I. So it goes me, Chris, Ben, and then Tom. <laughs> so it like kind of looks like Chris and I are a couple when we obviously were not. But that's how that we initially met. Amazing. Um, and then we just kind of like would run into each other sometimes and stayed in touch. I tried to set him up with like multiple of my friends because I was like, oh, he's so nice and so cute. And right. um, so, yeah, anyways, flash forward like five years or so and two relationships on my end later, I guess it was a timing thing. And we just kind yeah. of like hung out and a different kind of relationship formed that I had never expected. And then now here we are married with a baby and oh, just kind of crazy. So, so crazy. timing is everything to say the least. But I always say that too, because I feel like I have so many friends and I said the same thing when I was dating. I was like, oh, I just can't find anyone in Nashville. Or I was like, oh, I can't find anyone in LA. Or I, and I have friends that are like, oh, I can't find anyone in, in um, New York. Or they name their city. And I'm like, well, now that I've, I realize it just hearing everyone's stories. It really is about that timing. Like, and it could be someone you already know. Yes. Like you're yeah. looking for someone new, but it could be someone like what Chris was, which I just kind of was like, oh, he's so he's nice and funny and fun. And I like being around him. But right. Never. If you would have been like, oh, you're going to end up married to him and you guys are going to have a family together. I would have been like, no, like that's not going to happen. Right. How? No. So. Same with Tyler and I. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. I was I trying like to set him best, up though. with friends and yeah, we were in the friend zone and it really was so cool because I, I got to know him as a friend and same with you guys probably. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of like naturally have, I don't know, the foundation to the relationship once it does go romantic is just mm -hmm. different because I don't know, I didn't have like a lot of the same fears or insecurities or I don't know, just I was more, my heart was automatically a little more open because I trusted him as a friend first and then... It just made the relationship, I think, move a lot faster, not by nature, but then it also just made me feel so much more confident in it. And mm -hmm. yeah, 
I think the telltale sign of the person you're supposed to marry is that you try to set them up with people. Because I also yes. tried to set my husband up with my what? sister and my best friend. Your sister? <laughs> my sister. I love it. Oh my gosh. See? Because it's like you recognize that they're a good person and they're a good guy. And yeah, that that's so funny. So we all three tried to pawn off our wow now, now significant others. <laughs> so funny. Oh. Oh, well, and you guys have such a fun relationship. I love the glimpses that we all get to see from Instagram and and things that I hear about because you guys prank each other and you you're <laughs> laughing all the time and like scaring each other. So I I just I love that and I feel like a lot of people just get so much joy in that. I'm he's, sure. My husband is a goofy. He's not he's almost 37. No, he is 37. Almost 38 years old. But he's like a 16-year-old, I think, at heart. Like, he's yeah. like a child in the best way. <laughs> like, he keeps me, he keeps me young. <laughs> oh, but we do. That. We have a lot of fun together. Ads make these episodes possible, and we're so grateful for our ad partners. We're always on the hunt for brands to partner with that we truly align with that you'll love too. And we absolutely love finding vitamins with ingredients that we trust. And if you've been following us at all, you already know how much we love Ritual Vitamins. Gaps in our diet shouldn't be ignored. I'll tell you these stats again because they blow my mind each time. Did you know that over 97% of women aged 19 to 50 aren't getting enough vitamin D from their diet and that 95% aren't getting their recommended daily intake of key omega-3s? Lucky for us, Ritual's here to help. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 and Up multivitamin was formulated by lots and lots of research to help fill in nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and up. It not only supports brain health, but also bone health, blood health, and provides antioxidant support. And it's perfect if you're looking into boosting your vitamin D levels. In a clinical trial, it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. I've been taking Ritual for years now, and I'm a huge fan. It's a vitamin I take every single day, and it doesn't upset my stomach. I love knowing that I'm doing something each day that helps to improve my overall nutrition. And I know that if it's just approved, then there must be something special about the ingredients. It's all about the small things we can do daily so that we can stay our best selves. And Ritual's committed to quality ingredients always, which means no shady stuff ever, and they're delivered straight to your door. The best part is right now, Ritual's offering our listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit ritual.com slash living and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash living. Are you going on date after date and still not finding the one or getting a text back? Well, you're probably doing something wrong. And I am here to tell you exactly what that is. I'm Lindsay Metzler and I host We Met at Acme. It's a dating podcast that gives you all the rules and guidelines that you need to date successfully. Hey, it worked for me and now I'm married. So you really should give it a listen if you haven't already. And you can also hear the horrors of dating. Everything that you want to hear is in We Met at Acme. So check it out. It must be so fun in, in parenting, which I'm so excited to dive into and just motherhood and how has that been for you and what's been the best part of motherhood so far? Oh my gosh. I feel like every, every month that goes by, 
gets better. I think because I'm maybe settling into the role a little bit more and I'm not so, I guess, fearful. I was really, really tightly wound up for the first, like, especially the first three months. I don't know if it was a combination of hormones and then just like overall, like postpartum anxiety and and just not really knowing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So now I feel like I've really settled into the role. We have a good routine. And obviously, I feel like at least for us, every month is getting a little bit easier. Obviously, there are new challenges as, you know, your child gets older. But I've personally found the newborn phase very challenging. And I think it was partially because of what I was going through postpartum, but then also just, you know, the every two hours waking up in the middle of the night, like Mm. I need my sleep. So it was just. A challenge. So I feel like right now is the best part. Like, you know, every month just gets better and better. And yeah. obviously Dutton's, you know, forming his own little personality, which so is cute. so fun to watch. And yeah, it's kind of crazy because I can't imagine not being a mom, even though part mm-hmm. of me like does miss, not miss, but like I, I miss the sleeping in and, and the time before motherhood and just the freedom to travel and do right. all those things. But I also can't fathom life not as a mom. Right. So. I I so get that. <laughs> I love how you've been so authentic about the great times and those sweet times and all the highlights. But you're also authentic about the hard times. And like you just said, postpartum. And, and I think you've been very open about your postpartum journey. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about that and how how did you even know you had it? Because I feel like I didn't even know I had it till like I looked back. And then also three kids later, I was like, oh, this is postpartum. Like I get it now. So for you to be that intuitive and know as you're going through it, how did you know? Well, honestly, thank goodness. I have, my mom is like the most, like she holds nothing back. She's the most honest person. And she really was the one who was like, you need to go talk to someone because <laughs> she could just see how stressed out I was. I've also always dealt with anxiety my whole life. So I kind of was a little bit more aware of those feelings of anxiety. But yeah, I mean, I honestly, looking back though, I, I should have gone and talked to someone even sooner. Like mm-hmm. I let it go on for way too long, partially because I was so hyper-focused on keeping this little tiny human alive and really not even paying attention to myself or my own needs. But it was really my mom who was like, I promise, like, you need to feel good and like, you need to enjoy this. And I can Aww. just tell you're not yourself. And and it really, obviously, I trust my mom's opinion. And so, yeah, that was kind of the start of it. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Like, I, it's not normal to feel so stressed out 24-7 and creating these crazy worst case scenario uh, situations in my mind 24 seven. I mean, so I'm so glad that she kind of gave me the gentle nudge that I needed to start taking care of myself again. Mm -hmm. But yeah, looking back, I probably should have even done it sooner. Really? Mm -hmm. When did you do it? So when did you go seek help? I think it was, gosh, probably Dutton was three months old. So I really, honestly, I think what happened was about four weeks postpartum, Dutton got, somehow he got really sick and we ended up having Mm. to take him to the emergency room and they had to do a spinal tap and like all this just kind of traumatizing stuff as a a parent, especially a new parent. Right. And 
regretfully I was I was like no I'm staying in the room with him so I was like in the room when they did the spinal and like it was just it was a little bit traumatizing wow so I think that and also postpartum you know four weeks postpartum I think I'm not a doctor but I feel like that's when also your hormones really start to shift Mm -hmm. so I think it was kind of a combination of this traumatizing event with my changing hormones and everything else and I think that just kind of sent me into a spiral and I could never really like fully come back from that. So I ended up making an appointment with my doctor and I ended up getting prescribed Zoloft, which I had never, I had been on anti-anxiety medication before. I never tried this particular drug, but I knew for me personally that like I needed that crutch. Like I was Mm -hmm. also going to do therapy and all that stuff, but like, I don't know something in my gut. I was like, I just need this right now. And so I ended up going for it. And I'm actually really glad I did because I was a little bit hesitant. I was breastfeeding at the time. And so I was just worried about, you know, is this going to affect Dutton? Is this the right move? But I think I just knew like I was in a really hard place where I needed, you know, I needed those crutches for at least a little bit until I could fully stand on my own again and feel good. So I'm really glad that I did. Yeah. Good for you for like checking in with your body and like your gut on that. Mm-hmm. I think that that's such a huge part about when we talk about this all the time, even with your journey, Jess, like just advocating for yourself and really knowing your body. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The thing about postpartum depression and anxiety is I think that we have this, like, it's not talked about enough. So I think we have these like fixed false beliefs about them where it's all of a sudden, like you're going to birth your baby. And then all of a sudden it's going to like have this wind that comes over you. And you'll just know right in that those first couple days, whether you have postpartum anxiety or depression Mm -hmm. and, and there's such a spectrum, right? We all have some degree of anxiety after having a child. We're stepping into something new that's completely new and there's so many unknowns and all of that, that it's hard to know what's normal, what's not. Can I feel better? Is this just something that's, is this just what postpartum life is like? And can I get help and all that stuff? So I love, I love that you've shared your story and been so vulnerable about that. And I think it's a really good lesson to know that it can kind of come anytime. It can come a month or two after you had a baby, right? Of Mm -hmm. that onset. Yeah. So did you have that to have postpartum depression or anxiety to an extent? I definitely did. I don't think I knew it at the time, right. especially with Liv. I had no idea. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was like just going through the motions and, and feeling so much anxiety now looking back. I mean, even with, I really wanted people to come over and visit, but I like had so much anxiety about that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, it was all the things of like, why am I having anxiety about this? Why am I feeling angry at my husband? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't do anything. Sure. I'm sure. Like, all those those things and not acting like myself. And I think I really noticed it in probably Luca's pregnancy. Yeah. It's hard to remember now. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> you just forget. But I would say the anxiety creeped in a lot more. And definitely those like crazy thoughts of like horrible worst case scenarios. I mean, I still get those sometimes. And I have to really talk myself down from it and like do what Brene Brown says like just think of gratitude think of gratitude in this moment and then I think just you said like count to three Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I actually told Liv that the other day when she was like having bad dreams and she said I I had a thought of having a bad dream 
gosh, I love her so much. Just how she communicated that. I'm like, oh, I have that too when I'm falling asleep where I'm like, I think of something and I'm like, oh, that was awful. Yeah. Don't, why, don't, why am I thinking about that? I don't want to think about that. Yeah, exactly. she said that. So and there's I, just I like your trick. No, yeah, but it's just something you just have to break that cycle sometimes, right? Like there's mm-hmm. little tricks that we can do. And when those tips and tricks don't work, like that's really a time I think that you just need to reach out for help because there's so many mm-hmm. different things that you can do and there's different medications and there's different journeys for everyone of what that looks like. To answer your question, Lauren, I didn't have postpartum anxiety or, or depression. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that I've been teaching about parenthood. I'm like the type of kid that somehow when I was like six years old, I could already somehow know like, this is how you feed your kids solids. And this is how you like parent that that's just been me. So when I had Bryce, it was just like, oh, this is, this is just naturally what I do. I can kind of answer all these questions. So I don't feel like I had those spirals that much, but I did get diagnosed with cancer when Bryce was a year and a half. And so I think that all of those kind of thoughts and anxiety and all that stuff came up then because it's kind of like this journey that I thought I was going to have is now different than what it was. Sure. Oh my gosh. Yes. I can't even imagine. And and it's, I'm sure you had those thoughts. At least I felt like that of like, no, I need to be here for my child. Mm-hmm. Like, what if I'm not? I feel like, you I don't know if you place. experienced that. Yes. Yeah. I had nothing even remotely close to that. I can't even imagine what you went through. But in the midst of my really bad anxiety, I, when I was at the doctor actually seeking help for my anxiety, he was listening to my heart and he was like, has anyone ever told you you have a heart murmur? I was like, no. <laughs> so I ended up having wow. to go through all this, like, any, it's a long story. I haven't even really shared much about it, but Again, nothing remotely compared no, but, to your journey, but you start to have those thoughts of like, no, 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 like I need to be here and I need to be healthy for my child. And mm-hmm. that was the scary part for me. And I can't imagine, you know, that feeling for you, I would imagine was probably very similar on a much larger scale. Completely. I call it mama bear, right? Like the second anything like that happens, it's just mama bear comes in. It's like, okay, no, there's no other option. This And is you're just- not even thinking about yourself. Like that's what's crazy is you're still... Like, right. no, like it's still for your child. Like, it's like your whole mindset just revolves around your baby. Right. You're like a heart murmur. Like, okay, but what does that mean for, for Dutton? Well, I just yeah, need to be here exactly. for him. Not like, exactly. what does this mean for my heart and for <laughs> Exactly. Me? Exactly. But thankfully, apparently all is well. I just have a Good. heart murmur. I don't know why or how or when it happened. But yeah, so just motherhood. It, it has its challenges for sure. Let's face it, it's so hard to dress for in-between seasons. Well, luckily, Faraday makes it way easier. They make the perfect clothes for all seasons. They make clothes that are both warm and cool, depending on what you need, and they have the absolute perfect items for those unpredictable days when the weather can change at any given moment. You might never know what to wear, but with Faraday, you'll always be prepared. Faraday is a family-run brand that makes high-quality, timeless clothing with modern design and functionality, and it's that kind of effortless style you're drawn to every single time you go to your closet. You know that piece that just feels like you've had it for years, but it fits so well that it feels like it was made only yesterday and just for you? Well, that's Faraday. I have been living in these pieces. I'm actually wearing one of their shirts right now. I've honestly been wearing it on repeat since I got it. It looks so cute. It's got this little puff sleeve, but it feels softer than a plain white t-shirt and makes my motherhood style look chic, but also very practical. 
Their collection is so classic and full of styles that are perfect for any occasion, and the quality is amazing. I know I'll be able to style these pieces for years to come, and I'm so excited about them. Faraday is so confident in their quality that they have lifetime guarantee. They'll replace or fix your clothes forever, no matter what. And right now, Faraday is giving all Meaningful Living listeners 20% off. Yes, that is 20% off. Head to FaradayBrand.com slash living and use code living at checkout to snag 20% off all your new spring staples. That's code living at Faraday, F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com slash living for 20% off. FaradayBrand.com slash living. You are going to love these pieces. Breastfeeding. So you said that you were breastfeeding at the time. I have a question about that. Yes. What was your experience like with breastfeeding? Let's just start with that. My experience was so different than what it was going, like in my head, what it was going to be. I was so excited to breastfeed. I Just in my head, I always thought it was the coolest thing ever that we were able to, you know, provide food for a baby and everything was really well or went really well in the hospital. So I left being like, this is great. They were like, here's a card for a lactation specialist. And I was like, don't need that. Everything's going great. (laughs) Well, things drastically changed about two weeks-ish after coming home. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, but he was having a really hard time latching, but just on one side. So Mm -hmm. it was very confusing. So my body started like adjusting to his feeding because he was feeding really well on one side and not well on the other. So then I was like having a lot of problems getting like clogged and and pain there. And then just all the things that I think most women deal with. I mean, it was, gosh, I did not know that it was going to be that painful, honestly. So at that moment, I was like, wait, I, I don't know if I can do this. But thankfully, I ended up getting connected with a lactation specialist and she came over a couple different times and we just worked through it. And gosh, I feel like it's such a blur. I don't even really fully remember, but it was not the peaceful birds chirping around me like rainbows and butterflies experience that I thought it was going to be at all. I'm so thankful that I was able to do it and we really worked through it, the two of us. But yeah, I'm like a nerd. Like I, I know I want to breastfeed again, but I also part of me is like, do I want to? Like just remembering those first few weeks after bringing him home. That was not, it was not a very, to be honest, it wasn't an enjoyable experience for me at all. I would get frustrated and Mm -hmm. I just didn't enjoy it. Like I wasn't, I didn't look forward to feeding him. In fact, if anything, I dreaded it. It wasn't that like bonding experience that I personally thought it would be. But looking back, like once we kind of got in a rhythm, I do miss it. And I'm so glad that we had that experience. But yeah, it was not at all what I thought it would be. It's tough. Do you think it kept you from going places more? Just that fear of like, oh, I'm going to have to breastfeed and do it in public? Like totally. I mean, I wasn't worried about doing it in public necessarily, but yes, it's like if it's not like fully, I don't want to say working, but if it's not going smoothly. Totally. It's, I don't, did you just start sweating? I felt like I would start (laughs) sweating sometimes. I'm like, this isn't working. Oh my gosh. And like my anxiety would creep in. I mean, it really is such a challenge. And then just not to mention like, you know, I wanted to run and do something for myself, but you can't be gone for a certain period of time where you have to bring your pump with you or it really is Mm -hmm. 
such a challenge and I wasn't working at the time, but I can't imagine, you know, moms who go back to work full time, like how even more challenging that would be. So yeah, I feel like breastfeeding versus bottle feeding versus formula. I feel like you just have to do what's best for you because Mm -hmm. for me, I felt like what was best for us was continue to try breastfeeding, but I totally understand why people choose not to. Like it really is a challenge and you just have to do what's best for for your lifestyle and what works best for your family. And yeah, so I think I stopped at about, I think he was about six months old. Actually, he kind of naturally stopped. So I didn't even really have to make that decision. He just naturally was like, you know, I'm kind of over this. I want the bottle. And I'm like, okay, cool. Wow. Yeah. That's nice. Did you feel like when you transitioned out of breastfeeding, did you feel like you had kind of a shift with your um, hormones or emotions did you kind of feel that or was there any mourning of it or was it you know excitement I feel (laughs) excitement (laughs) through a little party no yeah no I mean I think I just I think I think because it was I felt like it was his decision I was totally at peace with it I don't know if I would have felt differently had I chose and Mm. and if I would have felt guilty or anything like that but I think because it was his decision and I just wanted him to be fed and in the way that he wanted to I think I was fine and yeah I don't really remember having any like any sadness or I think it was just kind of like okay we're on to the next chapter and he took formula really well and so I was like things are you know moving as they should so I was honestly just excited about that but I think like gosh, a month after I stopped breastfeeding, that is when I got pregnant. I don't know if we're going to talk about that during this podcast, but just so y'all know, that is when I got pregnant. A month after breastfeeding? Yeah. A month after I stopped. About, it was like a month, maybe about, maybe two months. It was within two months of stopping breastfeeding that that's when. Oh my gosh. I got pregnant on accident too. I'm going to speak for Haley, but that was Haley's story with Luca or Atlas. After Luca. uh, Well, after Luca. It was after Wait, Luca. How far apart? Remind me how far apart they all are. So Liv and Luca are 20 months apart. Okay. Atlas and Luca are 13 months oh apart. Gosh. So yeah, it was it was quick. Yeah. <laughs> Stop <laughs> breastfeeding. I I had had one period. Yeah. And there it was. Yeah, and I stopped breastfeeding early. <laughs> oh my god. I was like, I can't do this. Oh. Well, yeah. But. With with multiples in breastfeeding that's a whole new I, I don't know how with this new baby how breastfeeding is going to go having now right. two mouths to feed and, and two babies to take care of I'm sure it throws a whole new set of challenges in with the breastfeeding aspect of it but yeah that's interesting oh, one cycle so and we just both were there just it's magic maybe that's the trick yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, we're very excited for you. you. Is that a thing, though, I wonder? I feel like it's got to be because isn't I once you stop, that's when be. you start. Oh, it's, it's completely a thing. So it's a thing. Are you more fertile? You're, you're, you're more fertile during that time. So you're okay. fertile without knowing it when you're breastfeeding, right? So you hear like a lot of like breakthrough breastfeeding, sure. right? Pregnancies and whatnot. But there is something about that first cycle thereafter that so many women get pregnant that during. That's crazy. That is so, so crazy. crazy. Yeah, so it was an accident, to say the least. But you know what? It's going to be great. It'll be a happy accident. Be, yeah, they won't be 13 months apart. Like, <laughs> y'all. It'll be their age gap. It'll be a year and a half. So like exactly oh, 18 months. so fun. So, so fun. Yeah, it's totally doable. Yeah. It'll you be got great. this. So how are you feeling now being pregnant and now having a little one? 
Yeah. Dunn's almost one, right? He's almost one. He's 10 months. Oh. Just turned 10 months. I'm. It's been more challenging for sure this time around. Just pregnancy symptoms, especially that for those first trimester symptoms. I've also had significantly more extreme first trimester symptoms than I did with Dutton. So that's was a surprise, I guess. And then just having to balance, you know, having a baby and wanting to take a nap or being sick or all of those those things or all the doctor's appointments has been, again, a, a different challenge, but it's been a little bit stressful. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm starting to maybe, I don't want to say I'm turning a corner because I don't want to jinx myself, but I'm starting to feel a little bit more energy. I know. I was going to say, do not jinx it <laughs> with those pregnancy symptoms. I, I just, like two weeks ago, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm turning a corner, which it, ten, about 10 weeks was when I think I did with Dutton. So I was about that time mm-hmm. two weeks ago and I was like, I, I honestly did. I felt more energetic. Like I woke up and I just felt a little bit better. Right. And then two days later, it was like, I don't know what happened, but I could not keep anything down. I ended up actually having to go to the hospital because I was so dehydrated. Oh, no. So I was like, okay, I, I can't. Yeah, I need to knock on wood next time I say that. But I do feel like consistently for the last few days, I've, I felt better. Still very tired. And I don't know if part of that's just having a baby and being pregnant, which I didn't have to, I didn't have a, cha- a baby with Dutton. I just, I could nap whenever I wanted. I could mm-hmm. lay down on the exactly. couch whenever I wanted. <laughs> now I obviously don't have the luxury of doing that. So, but I, I do feel like I'm, I'm turning the corner and hopefully on the up and up. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah. I think that when you have a baby, like when you have a, especially Dutton being so young, right? The mm-hmm. pregnancy symptoms even if they're exactly the same as your first pregnancy, you're going to notice them so much more because you can't take care of yourself the way that you could before. The days of just going to lay in bed or just yes. taking a nap, like you said, all of that stuff goes out the window. Totally out the window. And and yeah, you're at least for us, Dutton just started sleeping through the night. So when I was at my peak illness, he was not sleeping through the night. And, and Chris has been touring. So he's gone, you know, four nights a week. And oh my I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like I have a newborn again. Like, I don't know. In my head, I'm like, does Dutton know I'm pregnant? And he's like wanting more attention. Like what is happening? Because I feel like he like regressed right as I was like peak first trimester pregnancy symptoms. But thankfully, again, I think we're on the up and up for many reasons. Dutton's sleeping better. I'm feeling better. So hopefully, hopefully it stays true. But With four kids between the two of us, we have changed more diapers than we can count. At this point, we pretty much consider ourselves just diaper connoisseurs. Honestly, there are some days as moms when it feels like all we do is change diapers, which is why we are so excited to partner with Pampers. Your baby skin is so delicate and you want to make sure you're protecting it by keeping it dry and healthy. Well, I cannot recommend Pampers Swaddlers enough. They're absorbent enough for overnight wear. Hooray for no middle of the night leaks. And with their amazing absorbency, Pampers Swaddlers wick away wetness and mess to help protect your baby's skin and keep your little ones feeling dry. Pampers Swaddlers have been a game changer for us. And once you try them, you'll see why Pampers are the number one pediatrician recommended brand. If you're looking for a diaper that will keep your baby or toddler happy and dry, then look no further than Pampers Swaddlers. Trust me, you won't be disappointed. Whether you're a diaper expert or a mom-to-be, Pampers Swaddlers have you covered. 
Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diaper and wipes purchase. Trust us, you will thank us. Now let's get back to our conversation. Okay, so you said Chris is at home with Dutton today and he's touring. Yes. I mean, obviously not this second, but (laughs) (laughs) how are you guys navigating that? Are you just like alternating, you know, trading off with him and how's that going, especially with tour? I can't even imagine that. It has been a challenge. I was really, really nervous leading up to this tour because I knew that I was going to be, you know, alone a lot of the time and not to say having a baby is easy, but when you have, like, when you go from having a second set of hands with your spouse or whoever it is, maybe helping you at home to then doing it on your own, you realize how much easier it is when you have that second person. So it definitely was a challenge, but I feel like as parents, you just kind of adapt and Chris is extremely hands-on when he's home. In fact, sometimes I feel bad because I know, I know I'm tired, but I know how tired he is just because, you know, bus life isn't the easiest and Mm -hmm. sure there are, there are nice parts of it. Like he gets catering and and he gets to maybe sleep in a little bit, but I know how I sleep on the bus and I do not sleep well. And I know he doesn't either. So I know he gets home exhausted, but he does not stop. He is very hands-on. Like I think he looks forward to those mornings with Dutton. So when he's home Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, he gets up with Dutton in the morning so I can sleep in a little bit. So we just kind of like alternate. I try to get any work or just anything that I want to do or need to do. I try to get done when he's home, which is like I said, usually in the beginning of the week. And yeah, he is truly so helpful. Like I feel, I I wish he was home all the time. I wish he wasn't touring, but I know like when he is home, he is like, does not stop. He's doing laundry, helping just with anything and everything. And I so appreciate that because it is very challenging being alone with it is. a baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you ever go out there with him and do you bring Dutton? So I have gone out twice, once without Dutton, which is ironically when I got pregnant. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> that weekend, San Diego trip. And then the second time we actually did bring out Dutton and he was... I think he was like seven or eight months maybe at the time. And the bus life at that time for Dutton, he decided it was not the life for him (laughs) because he did not want to sleep. He did not. He actually really liked, he's very social. So he loves like when I take him out and about to the grocery store or to the mall or whatever it is we're doing, like he loves seeing new people. Mm -hmm. So he really loved, I could tell that part of it because there was just so many people coming on the bus and whether it was friends or radio people or whatever. And you could just tell he was like, oh, this is awesome. I get to see all these new people and faces. And but yeah, the sleeping aspect he did not love. And then we didn't have any help on the road. So it kind of wasn't what I thought it was going to be because I, you know, I'm kind of just like glued to the bus. Yeah. Couldn't go watch the show or anything like that. So I was like, well, next time when we bring him out, we will try to find someone to come with us whether it's my mom or like a sitter or something like that but I mean it definitely was fun and you know memories that we'll never forget like we got to take him to one of the shows was in Myrtle Beach so we took him to the beach for the day and like it's the first time he saw the ocean so I'm glad that we did it but I'm sure as he gets older it will get a little bit easier Mm -hmm. the baby on the bus thing was was challenging yeah 
I mean, yes. you know, you. I feel like you we took everyone out for. We did it for a little bit, Luca. I was just like in this mode of like, I can do it, and I'm going to challenge myself to see if I can do it. Yeah. Just you know, when you're just so stubborn and in, in something that it's like I'm going to do it regardless of of all the logistics that make zero sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we brought Luca out when he was two weeks old. Oh my god! And I remember. So Becky Sweet, her husband's in Little Big Town, for anyone listening, she said she brought her daughter out when she was like nine days old. And I was like, wow, Becky Sweet can do it. All right, yeah, I'm doing yeah. it. And I was just thinking, Becky Sweet, she's got it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we did it and it was hard. And so where did he sleep? Was he in a uh, We used bunk? the up a baby. So Liv had a bunk, but we used the up a baby bassinet. Yes. And that was really great because it had the the little um, shade that came up over it. Oh. It was kind of perfect for for the season that we needed it in. But then once he outgrew it, it was like, all right, now we need to figure out a bunk. So he took mm-hmm. Liv's bunk and then Liv, we were like, oh, can she do this? Mm-hmm. And she slept in a regular bunk. Actually, when she was had just turned one, we put her in a regular bunk, which was very close to the floor. So before I say this, mm-hmm. please don't think it was that dangerous. <laughs> but she, while the bus was parked, she kept rolling out of the bunk and it was not our bus. And we were like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do on the drive home? So we just like put so many pillows on yeah. the floor and she ended up doing fine, but she did roll out a couple of <laughs> I'm like, this is so not safe, but I mean, you know, we, I honestly, we did it. Now that you say though, I wonder if like, did you find it easier? Did you ever take Luca out when he was like seven, eight months? Like, was it easier when he was a newborn being on the bus? Cause I almost feel like maybe yeah. it would be easier. Yeah. They had just slept. Yeah. Cause yeah. they kind of can sleep anywhere, whether it's light, dark, loud, you know, it was probably easier. Maybe. Cause yeah. I feel like with Dutton, when we took him out, he was at the age where it was like, he was very now aware of his surroundings. So right. like it was not his crib. It was not his house. It was not his room. And napping is hard. Napping was impossible. So I almost yeah. feel like we're in such a routine at home that I wonder if it like will bite us in the butt when we go out on the road because I wonder if he'll be like, wait, this isn't my routine. Like, where am I? No, no, no. This is not going to work for me. Like, I don't know if we've created almost like a monster because he is on such a schedule, but I guess we'll see. He'll, they'll adapt. he'll adapt yeah he'll adapt Luca went through a phase where he did scream quite a bit he just liked to scream he wasn't he was fine he just liked to scream he's like a screamer and so he he did that there was a phase but we worked through it yeah there's always a phase <laughs> but speaking of travel I remember you had posted on Instagram or maybe we were texting about it I can't remember I'm like the grandma that's like so and so texted me but really they just posted on Instagram <laughs> so true though you were talking about travel and I think you were still pregnant at the time and you were like all right we've got this trip coming up I think it was over the holidays what what should I do and I was wondering how it went and what went well and what didn't okay I backed out I canceled it I got too scared we were going to we wanted to go to Hawaii which is one of our favorite favorite places in the entire world and it was we were going to go in December and I had like booked the travel I had the hotel all ready to go and so Dutton would have been six months, I believe, at the time. And I totally chickened out. I was like, it's just, do you know what really deterred me from actually going? It wasn't even the flight. It wasn't the travel day or anything like that. Time it was change. the time change. I, I didn't know how I was going 
to deal with the time change because yeah that is a big that's a long a flight big, from nashville the flight 100 percent, still was very intimidating <laughs> don't get me wrong like i was that was on my list of things to worry about but it was the because i think it was going to be i know different times of the year hawaii changes but i think it was going to be about a five hour time difference i mean we he going. would wake up at like three in the morning to start his day yes and like want to go to bed at you know what three or three in the afternoon yeah so it's like and and my parents were going to come with us. So we would have had that help. But I was like, gosh, should we just wait a little bit until he's either? I almost think we should have gone when he was younger, you know, like like at that almost like two or three month age where he just slept or wait until he's a little bit older. So we ended up postponing the trip. Lauren, I'm so, so glad. I have nothing to report. I'm glad you said <laughs> that because I cannot tell you how many people have canceled trips. Like, you know, you get, you kind of have this idea of what it's going to be. And then all of a sudden you get closer and closer and closer. And you're like, okay, this is going to be way more of a trip as opposed to a vacation. And I'm no, thank you. I'm, I don't totally. want to deal with this. Totally. And, and yeah, in my head leading up to it, I was excited for a vacation. And then, yeah. you know, you actually have a, the baby and then they, like you said, phases. And we were in that yeah. phase of not sleeping incredibly well. And I was like, oh, this just does not sound like a vacation anymore. <laughs> so we ended up postponing. So hopefully soon, because again, that's like one of Chris and I's favorite places. But we might actually, I would love to perhaps have my parents <laughs> watch Dutton and then Chris and I you just go. You guys go to baby, baby moon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I have a question for you about motherhood just in general, just relationships. I think that there's a lot that changes when we become a mom. And I think there's some things where you have these instant connections with people, but also on the same token, there's kind of a lot of loneliness. Like things, mm -hmm. things change in your life. Relationships change in your life. How have your relationships changed? What's been your experience with that? Yeah. So I feel like becoming a mom, you, I don't, I don't want to say like, I have a lot of, some of my best friends don't have children, but I definitely feel like the friendships that maybe weren't as strong as, uh, of friendships before, if they also are a mom, it's like, I feel like those friendships have grown closer and like strengthened because you automatically have this, you know, huge thing in common. And, I have two friends who had, ba we all had babies like within two weeks of each other. And so we were pregnant together. We kind of went through that whole journey together. Right. So obviously like, I feel like those friendships became stronger, just kind of going through all that together. But yeah, I mean, I feel like motherhood is extremely lonely. I mean, I even remember feeling, you know, like Chris was in town and like he's sitting right next to me and even feeling still alone just because I didn't feel like he understood what I was going through or the challenges that I was I was feeling so yeah it definitely can feel lonely I think especially when like as of right now I am I work from home but for the most part I'm a stay-at-home mom so I'm with a 10-month-old all day long isn't super verbal I mean he's like blabbers and chats but you know he can't speak in sentences to me and mm -hmm. you know I'm playing with like little toys and sometimes at the end of the day I'm like my life is like, this is my life, you know, like I miss those adult relationships, mm -hmm. but obviously your free time becomes much less and less as a mom. So I definitely feel like it's been lonely, but also has strengthened other relationships. And, you know, you have this whole, I have this just whole new respect in general for parents that 
even including my own parents that I never really fully understood until I became a mom. So definitely changes relationships, but I feel like it also can be in a good way too. And yeah, you just, I feel like you just have to become really, I don't want to say like picky with your time, but like you just don't have a lot of time for anything. So Mm -hmm. sometimes I have to remind myself like, gosh, I need to reach out to this person or it's been four weeks and I haven't talked to this friend of mine. And sometimes I feel guilty about that. I don't know if you guys experience that because I'm like, gosh, I need to be a better friend. But truly, I just lost track of time and like I've been trying to Mm -hmm. keep my own house afloat. But I do sometimes feel that guilt of like, gosh, I need to be a better friend. I need to reach out more. I need to check on my people more because I don't know. I feel like two months will pass by and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't talked to that person. Like, I feel so bad. But try not to beat myself up about it too much because... I feel like, especially other moms. I was going to say, if it's another we know. mom, they, under, we know. they, under, they fully yeah. understand. You get mm-hmm. it. Totally. So it's definitely, it's a journey. I mean, truly, I feel like I'm still on it too. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just feel like you're journey. still very much in it. You I know. a 10 month old. Yeah. And you're pregnant. So yeah. I just like, I truly look at like, true. I, I have thought this, especially just following your guys' sweet family from afar I'm like how like how does she do it how like I feel like I'm barely surviving with one like how do you (laughs) how do you do it with more than one when you're like and you're outnumbered at that point yeah I mean do you just I guess you just do it we we have help like we have a nanny and we are so grateful for a nanny because there's no way that we could keep the pace of life that we do without one. Sure. Like the travel. I mean, it's impossible. And, no. and yeah, our, our family doesn't live here. So that's why we really rely on, mm-hmm. on help. And they've been so wonderful. But I, I couldn't do it without them because three, like you said, you're outnumbered. You're outnumbered. And so at the dinner table, it's just that much more chaotic. And it's tested our patience for mm-hmm. sure. And like Tyler and I have to have times where we we sit down with each other and we're like okay let's regroup here yeah <laughs> let's get on the same regroup. page let's get on the same schedule like and, and let's have some patience or even before flights we have to have those like deep breaths this is going to be a hard day tomorrow but we can do it lots of pep talks help <laughs> and flying by the seat of our pants pep <laughs> talks. Like, oh my gosh I can just imagine you like in the mirror in the morning being like you got this you can do it <laughs> <I know. laughs> I'm like really relying on those affirmation apps yeah. on my phone. It's like in the corner. It's like, you can do this. All of oh it. You got Lord. this. You got this. Yes. So Lauren, if you, if you had to kind of look back at the past 10 months of motherhood, what do you wish a mom going into birth and postpartum, what do you wish they knew? Or what do you wish you would have known? I was so focused on the having the baby part. And the delivery. And I was so worried about that. I had my, you know, I feel like this is one thing that I actually, I had such a wonderful delivery experience that I don't really have any horror stories to tell, but I had just heard from other people like scary stories. So I was so fixated on the birth process, what I did and didn't want to happen and just worrying about that whole thing. And I wish I would have, again, I don't really know how I would have prepared myself for the, the postpartum period and for motherhood, but I wish I would have maybe, I don't know, read more, listened more, asked more questions about that aspect of it because I 
had no idea what I was going into when we walked out of that hospital. Like it was almost like I remember having that feeling of like all that anticipation and all my thoughts and worries and stuff. It was over and we had this beautiful, healthy boy. And then I was kind of like, oh my gosh, like now what? Like I haven't really thought about what's next. (laughs) I was so fixated on that labor and delivery. But yeah, I feel like I wish I would have maybe just asked more questions, which as I was going through it, I I did. I ended up, I reached out to people and had these conversations like, is this normal? Like, why mm-hmm. did, why am I in so much pain? Like, did this happen to you? And, and it did become a more normal conversation, but I almost wish I would have mentally prepared more for it because I was not prepared at all. And Chris was not prepared. I don't think either of us, you know, and, and it's not just being the parent, a parent, obviously we had no idea what we were doing, but also just like the healing and the, Mm, yeah all that stuff that you're dealing that you know I was dealing with was just very very unexpected so I don't even know if that's advice I don't know how you prepare yourself mentally prepare yeah yeah I would agree no one really I mean now you hear more about it about okay you're gonna bleed a lot but like I wish someone would have told Tyler that (laughs) yeah (laughs) even just like, yes, I can know it, but just like mentally prepare the husband yeah, too. It's so true. I mean, tr- truly, I was so in the dark. Like, I did not know that you bled after. Like, I did not know that. I did not know right. any of that stuff. So I was like, I didn't know that. I remember breastfeeding done and all of a sudden feeling like a oh gosh, a wash of yes. And I was like, what just happened? Like, I called Chris and I'm like, babe, can you come in? And it was not a pretty sight and I he was like what just happened I was like what just happened and yeah yeah, I wish I would have known more about that but round two I'm ready ready to go you're ready for it (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna be like this is easy yes so a lot of interesting things that that happened and I'm surprised my mom always says she's like it's not that I didn't like want to tell you or didn't want to prepare you she's like I just truly like don't remember a lot and I'm like is that a common thing like because I was like mom did this happen to you and she was like I don't remember I was like well I mean I guess that's what happens that's why she had four kids and yeah (laughs) we do block it out out enough to be like let's have another exactly exactly so yeah she was like I just it wasn't that I didn't want to tell you I just truly don't remember that I was like okay well We'll have to remember that when we're our our mom's ages. Yes. Yes. So crazy. I, we just block it out. Maybe because we talk about it more than I feel like at least than my mom's generation talked about. So yeah. maybe it'll be more, you know, ingrained in our memories just from having conversations about it, hopefully. But I yeah. don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Thank you. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 833-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. 